Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Welcome back, everybody. We're back. With a spooky episode. (laughs) Yeah. We left off in the middle of Ghost Busted, Girls Next Door, Season 1, episode 10 and we are at the spot where we're about to start our ghost hunt yeah but not quite yet we're still in the dining room Uh we're talking to barry taff and paul clemens they came to help investigate the mansion and holly was just saying that she wants to see a ghost but they only appear to me and and barry had said well there may be a reason for that yeah and then kendra shows up late as usual and she says somebody just grabbed her butt and there was no one there and I'm (laughs) curious like what your thoughts on why she said that because obviously nobody just grabbed her butt but yeah I think I think she's just trying to participate the best way she knows how because like I said in the last episode you can tell she's totally not into this which is fine but you know season one we're all being good sports we're all supportive of each other And I think, too, being at the mansion, you tend to, like, lean into the sexual jokes a lot. Like, I know I did. Like, every night before a movie, I would draw, like, a really sexual cartoon take on what the title of the movie was. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a natural thing to lean into. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You know what I noticed on Paul that I haven't seen in a Millie? A digital watch. Oh, my god! Not an Apple watch, guys, but a digital watch that had, like, digital numbers on it. I haven't seen one of those since the 80s I think I mean obviously I saw it then in this in the 2000s but it just seems like such an 80s thing that I haven't thought of in a million years that's so funny okay and then I talk about feeling strange here from the beginning and when I'm watching this back I'm having the same thoughts as I did in the moment which is like yeah because people fucking suck because because I say something later about like oh I felt something weird and I go a knife in the back I know which is so funny yeah because the mansion is such a weird weird place (laughs) I know and it's just like dealing with all the drama with the girls we dealt with and it's just such a different environment than anything any of us had ever been exposed to before I remember when I first moved into the mansion like the first couple days when I was staying in an extra bed in bedroom three I would in the mornings I would be so tired and would not want to get out of bed and felt so sluggish and fatigued and I remember suspecting like do they drug the food here and let me be clear I don't think they ever drug the food but when you first move in like even though I'd been a guest at the mansion for like a year it's still it's still such a weird world you know what I mean and I'm still like what's going on here how is this place ran and I think the real reason I was fatigued is just because I'd been working so hard just at school and work and trying to make ends meet and you know my mind knows here I'm gonna have a little bit of a chance to rest so then when you get to that place your body kind of shuts down and like takes its time yeah and also of course we were going out really late and drinking and I'm dealing with like new traumas I'm not even acknowledging at the time so I think that was it but I remember in the moment thinking 
do they drug the food? Because I just felt out of it. I felt like I had drank a bottle of Benadryl. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I remember when I first moved in that I felt a lot of like sadness and heaviness in the house and loneliness, which sounds mm-hmm. weird because there's always so many people there. But and those were feelings that I didn't experience other places, even living in my apartment alone. Yeah. Like, I didn't have those feelings. And I just remember thinking, if I'm going to stay here, like I got to change this up. Like yeah. I got to make this feel like home. I need to make this like be fun and exciting and it was a real struggle with the mean girls around but then eventually I felt like we did and at this point in time I feel like we had turned it around but the sadness and the heaviness and the feelings the weird feelings that I was feeling in the mansion I knew they were still there on the outskirts you know yeah and I wonder like looking back on that when you were feeling that when you first moved into the mansion do you feel like that energy was strictly from how toxic it was with the mean girls and probably even my energy because I was so depressed those first couple years or do you think it's more like a residual energy from all the people who passed through the mansion and maybe didn't get what they wanted out of it or went through a bad time I think it's impossible to differentiate yeah um it could be all of that Mm -hmm. but I was definitely feeling it and I knew it wasn't me it wasn't coming from me like it wasn't my state of mind it wasn't what I was feeling but I was just feeling it very heavy and I just remember thinking I gotta get out of here and get back to my apartment yeah until like I can switch the mood around in there mm-hmm. that's so crazy and it's funny you say that too because I'm watching this episode and I feel like this scene in particular you can tell I mean maybe the average viewer can't tell but just me knowing what we went through can tell that we're kind of dealing with a little bit of PTSD from the mean girl era still. Like even later when the psychic comes and says, oh, there's so much negativity. I'm so defensive about that because I feel like, no, we're here making it so positive. Like how can you possibly say this place is negative? But we had just come off so much negativity. Yeah. And even, you know, when you're talking to Barry saying you felt stranger from the beginning, you know, me watching it back now and me in the moment back then, the first thing I think of was, oh, well, knife in your back like we're dealing with all this fucking drama yeah and I think even me with my reluctance to talk to to say in front of you and Mary Mm -hmm. that I'm having the medium come and a parapsychologist come to the mansion I think that it's still with that frame of mind of like I'm gonna be ridiculed or people are gonna make fun of me or people are gonna think that's dumb or whatever even if it's not the mean girls now it's the general audience or whatever so I still feel that threat going on yeah we were haunted by the ghosts of girlfriends past but they are playing up all the jokes like they're playing up like the knife in the back yeah you know like (laughs) there's even parts I didn't write it down but there's even parts where there's a laugh track in here oh yeah because Paul says a joke like something about like do ghosts need a poltergeist agent or something because he's telling us what a poltergeist agent is and they play a literal sitcom laugh track which I love and I don't know if they've done it again in this series it's the first time I've noticed it for sure yeah but I, I love that corny shit like I just love how full of corny shit this episode is I eat it up with a spoon yeah and I just I think that um like I feel like a knife in the back and the exercising the cellulite thing are things that they would have cut out of you saying before I could be wrong <laughs> but I feel like they would, but I feel like in this particular episode like they want every little joke like I know they're really leaning into it mm-hmm. I love it I love it too. Oh, by the way, and I made a note that I feel like I look really bad in this scene. (laughs) I don't think so at all. I think you look really good, but we are all our own worst critics, so. Yeah. Well, and then he says, I'm a catalyst. 
And I like that. I want to be a catalyst. Absolutely. I feel like I'm a poltergeist agent now. I don't know about back then, but just with the amount of like hauntings I've had at houses in the past, like five or six places I've lived, it's just weird. I think I set off my alarm last night. (gasps) Tell that story because it's Uh, creeping me out. Yeah, it's. I don't know if other people will be creeped out by it because they don't know like all the backstory with my house and stuff, but I'm so into like security and everything being locked and loaded at all times. And you know, every night before I go to bed, I set the alarm and stuff. And I woke up in the middle of the night to my house alarm going off, which of course is fucking terrifying because you're like, okay, I need to grab a weapon, jump out the window. Like I have a whole escape plan. Like I'm (laughs) ready. And according to like all the reports on my alarm system, like it was set off because the alarm acted as if one of my downstairs doors opened and shut yeah because so just so the audience knows too I have been here when we're trying to leave and go somewhere and you can't get the alarm to set because it says like there's motion in the dining room or something yeah there's a lot of times there's motion in the dining room and I know full well there's nobody in your house because we just were standing outside the door and we just left yeah and it's not just alarm stuff like it's not just stuff that could be like oh that was your alarm glitch like so much shit happens in this house and I've been here when the alarm guy is here checking everything out, yeah, making exactly. sure everything's working. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we just recently had a guy yes. come in to update. Yeah. And make sure everything's good. And so uh, Hef walks in. And he introduces himself, which is funny how he introduces himself like, hi, I'm Hugh Hefner, because obviously everybody knows who he is. So he could just say, hi, I'm Hef or something. But it reminded me of this time we went out to one of the rental parties in the backyard at the house and we're sitting out there in our little booth and this guy comes up and he's this tall dude who looks like he's probably in his early 30s and he was dressed like a very whimsical woodland elf, which <laughs> was which seemed very odd and very like throwback to the 60s. He had like a curly handlebar mustache and this long like green velvet robe and nobody was doing that in the 2000s. So he comes up and he's very whimsical and he puts his hand out to shake Hef's hand and he goes, oh, I'm so-and-so and your name is? And Hef just got so pissed. I wanted to fall onto the floor and die. He was like, ha, get out of here. That's an attention-seeking device. And the guy goes, what, I'm just being polite, which obviously like you're at the Playboy Mansion. Everybody knows who Hef is, but people are just different the way they introduce themselves. Like he might have, of course, known exactly who he was, but maybe he's just like, That's how you introduce yourself to people. And this poor guy just looked crestfallen, like, what? I was just trying to be polite. And Hef goes, that's an attention-getting device. And I just wanted to die. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I feel like, okay, I have a couple comments towards this. One, that was probably one of those weed parties that used to rent out the backyard. Do you remember they used to have those big, like, I don't think it was 420, but it was a definite weed industry party that they would have. I do remember that, which is odd because it wasn't legal back then. So how are they getting? Oh, was it um, fundraising for legalization? Like, I think there so. Like a 420 foundation or I something think like so. that. It was That's what it was. So it's going to be like, what weed company could have done that brazenly back then? Because we had like two or three parties. It was like once a year they would have it. Yeah. And it brought in a whole different look of people and style of people. It was people trying to get weed legalized, which congratulations. But, but I have another thing on that. Yeah. So also, I think Hef was being formal introducing himself because he does know who Barry Taff is. Uh-huh. And if he didn't know beforehand, probably... Was briefed. Yeah, was briefed on who he is. And he's a doctor and he's well-respected. And, you know, like, I think he was just trying to be a little more formal because of that. That makes sense. Yeah. That's totally. my guess on it. And that's kind of how I took it when 
he did that. But Barry asks him if he's ever had any experience here. And Hef says, well, I've had some wonderful experiences. You might even call them paranormal. Which is another, like, I just am loving all these dad jokes and stuff. Yeah. Before we get too into that, when Barry is asking you about all your experiences and stuff, and you also say, I feel like I was being watched. I can't tell where it's coming from based on how this episode is cut, but do you mean here at the mansion or do you mean ever since you were a little kid starting to have paranormal experiences? It was ever since I was a little kid. Oh, okay. Because when I'm watching it, I'm seeing it as, I always feel like I'm being watched. I'm like, this is going to so feed into all the rumors that there's cameras inside the mansion. Oh, (laughs) no, I'm definitely referring to like my experiences as a kid. And it's not like my whole life I think I'm being watched, but there's Uh definitely, there was a time period when I was younger that I definitely had that feeling all of the time. And then... Then even later in life, there's things where I've experienced it and I just have this eerie feel. Like I get this shiver. Like I just know that something is like, you know, that feeling you get Mm -hmm. when you feel like you're being watched. Yeah. So creepy. Speaking of that, do you know that they used to do um, paranormal? Well, I don't know if you would even call them paranormal, but they were like supposed to be like for telepathy and stuff where they would put somebody in a room and then they would have somebody like peek and watch and then you would have to like push a button to see when you felt like you're being watched and like they were trying to do studies to see if people could really tell when they were being watched. I feel like I'd be good at that for some reason. And I can't even remember uh, this is a downer because I can't even remember what the results were if people oh, were yeah. able to determine it or not but I feel like it was a positive that people were able to determine like not every time but like with a pretty good statistic that they were being watched I believe in that stuff I mean I feel like we're sending out all kinds of electromagnetic signals as humans and we just haven't got to a point in science where we really nailed that down yet but I feel like in the future people are gonna be like oh yeah that was just da 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 phenomenon and people didn't know what it was back then yeah but I think it's fascinating because I always get this like little like it's like a chill from inside me and I'm like oh somebody's like watching me right now. Yeah. And I don't know if it's true, but that's what I what I say yeah, in my head. Probably you know? true. When Hef makes that joke, it ma- it makes a cut to me making a face. I know you look all annoyed. You're like... <laughs> Which is so out of context. I would have never done that at that time. I would have been the biggest laugher. But it matches my mood now. So I appreciate that edit in hindsight. <laughs> well, they were just trying to make you look jealous that Hef might be even... Talking for... to somebody else. Oh my God. Or having an experience with somebody else. Yeah, I had an experience at some point with somebody else at the mansion. I feel like Barry didn't like me. Oh, no. I don't know why he wouldn't. Well, most people don't. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And then the next scene is the moment that I have been waiting for for so long in life in general, not not for this podcast. He brings out all the gadgets. He opens up that suitcase, and I'm so excited because... And you guys might be looking at this archaic stuff going, wait, what? But let me just take you back to 2005 for a minute. This stuff didn't exist. You couldn't just like go online to Ghost Stop and buy whatever ghost equipment you wanted. Like you had to know somebody who had this stuff. Ghost hunting was not a mainstream thing back then at all. Yeah, it was just like, I was so excited because I'd heard about this stuff and I'd seen it used like, and I was just so excited to like see it firsthand. I like in commentary where you talk about how excited you were to see their toys and I'm like, they were probably excited to see your toys. I know. <laughs> Cut to the spider web gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it too, how they're adding all these hokey ass sound effects. Like he brings out that thermal gun or whatever and they're doing like this 1950s sci-fi ray gun i know it's just a thermal it's just a it's just a thermometer <laughs> but you would think it was an alien space gun with I these know. sound effects <laughs> 
And then uh, just a note, because I know somebody probably Eagle Eye is going to catch it, but Kendra changes in between these two scenes. Like she changed her clothes to sweats. Yeah, because we had just broken free from the photo shoot we did. And the photo shoot, for some reason, I can't find pictures of it in my scrapbook, but I remember the photo shoot. It was for like some Australian magazine or something. And they were shooting us like together with half. Like you found the pictures of us. Like I have them in my scrapbook right now. Put them on the Patreon. Yeah. And then, um, but I remember we took individual photos too. And that's probably why Kendra came in late. They were probably shooting her last. Yeah. And I remember they shot me on that tiger print cum stain couch <laughs> in the living room. And I had brought out stacks of books from the library. Cause I'm like, this is who I am. I'm a bookworm. And I specifically chose like books on film history, which I was really fascinated with. And I spread out these books and I'm sitting on top of the books and I'm holding a book. And I think I'm such a sexy ass nerd. But then when I see the picture in the end, one of the biggest, thickest spined books is this huge coffee table book called Greed. And it's a mo- it's a book about a silent film called Greed, which was like this notorious, like hours long film. But I'm sitting there like a fucking bimbo with my tits out sitting on a book that says Greed. And if nothing is more gold digger core than that, I don't know what is. So that was a womp womp. That's hilarious. Moment. I think I just shot my bedroom like usual. We need to find the rest of these pictures. Yeah. We're having a meta moment in the Great Hall because you can see our Girls Next Door billboard hanging behind oh. us. And I wanted to ask you, because I don't think we're ever allowed to do it. And the reason this strikes me as such a strange shot to have in the show, and I think you see it in the Midsummer Night's Dream episode too, but it's weird that they didn't like crop that out of the shot or something or even blur it because we was massive. It was massive, (laughs) but we weren't allowed to acknowledge that we were on a show in this show. Like these days you can totally do it. Like basically the Kardashians on Hulu is a show about doing a reality show basically. But back then, kind of the attitude for reality TV, especially if it was like docu-soap where it was about your life, is you had to act like there were no cameras. You had to act like this was 100% real. There was no show. It gets to the point where even in season two, they're doing these episodes, like there's a quote-unquote career-dazed episode, and it's talking about these new opportunities we have, but they can't acknowledge that the reason we have these opportunities is because we're known from the TV show, so they kind of make it look like the reason we're getting all these amazing opportunities is because we had a nude pictorial come out in Playboy last year, (laughs) which is kind of silly, but it was just a weird thing how back then you weren't allowed to acknowledge you were on a show or had any fame from a show or anything. You had to act like that very big part Part of your life that in a way the viewer is very aware of just didn't exist yeah and I know too another thing that I always like to do and I still do it like I'll look over at the camera here for Patreon too is that I like breaking the fourth wall me and too they were anti breaking the fourth wall so anti they let me do it once I don't know why must have slipped through the cracks but I loved it and I feel like for me that's such a better way to express myself like I feel like I can sit and talk to my own phone for YouTube just talking to the camera and it gets across and like I connect with people that way. I feel like I'm not built for being a reality show person at all. Like confessional interviews are not my thing. Just nothing about it is good. So I agree. I wish we could have. In fact, remember a couple of years ago, we were talking to somebody about possibly doing a reality show. And I was like telling you, I'm like, if they let me break the fourth wall, I'll do it. Like yeah. if, if they let us acknowledge what we're doing, then I'll do it. <laughs> and for people that don't know what breaking the fourth wall means, it means that we're acknowledging that there is a camera crew here. We're acknowledging that there's an audience watching this. And we 
maybe ignore it most of the time, but sometimes we'll look right to the camera and say something to camera or acknowledge that there's a crew in the room with us or something like that. And that's breaking the fourth wall. It kind of takes you out of the reality of you're not alone in this room. Mm -hmm. I feel like the show would have been better if we would have been allowed to do it a little bit. And I have to give a shout out because Kendra is wearing my Blonde Mafia tank top. Well, not mine, it's hers, but like (laughs) the Blonde Mafia tank top. Okay, so then they're like putting the meters around everybody and I'm spiking super high. And if you guys don't know, he's using a tri-field meter and it it looks for magnetic fields, but it's a tri-field, so it checks for three different things, magnetic fields, electric fields, and radio fields. And it's like spiking really high when he's putting it over me to the point where Hef has to come over and be like, what's going on here? Well, I love how Hef is us, meaning the audience. He walks up and he's like, what are we looking at here? Like, like what the fuck is this? Because yeah. most people don't know. But also I wanted to ask, is it healthy to have a high electromagnetic field? Probably not. Because you, when you listen to like wellness podcasts where they're really paranoid about every little thing, like don't expose yourself to 5G. You need to build a concrete house. Oh, so you're boy. not exposed to 5G. Don't turn your seat heaters on because that's an electromagnetic field. Oh, or don't use a heating pad, or, which I do all those things. But... I was wondering, like, is it bad for you to have a high electromagnetic field? I don't really know the answer to that. I'm sure it's, I don't know. I wouldn't think it's good, but I think it's good if you want to, like, experience paranormal activity. Yeah. So um, I also found out later in life that I have really high levels of heavy metals. Is that like in Star Wars when you have a high midi-chlorian count? I don't even know what that is. It means it's it's something they came up with in the prequels where it's like if somebody's like born to be a Jedi, like they do a little blood test. They're like, oh, he has a really high midi-chlorian count. Maybe I do. (laughs) Um, A Jedi's good, right? I want to be a Jedi. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's not healthy is the disgusting ass carpet I'm sitting on. I can't believe I'm sitting on it, which it doesn't look as gross as it could in this picture. But Stacey Burke posted this photo on her Instagram not too long ago. Uh, She's standing by the stairway. She looks fantastic. But for some reason, there's something about the lighting of this picture. You can see every drop of diarrhea dripping down that carpet. It is so fucking foul. But you know what? Even though we knew how disgusting the carpet was, I feel like we sat on those stairs all the time. It was just part of our lives. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have sat on there with a naked crotch. No. (laughs) And we walked by the balcony where supposedly was the scene of the crime with Mrs. Letts. At some point when we're going up there, Barry goes, this whole house seems too hot magnetically. And I wonder, I feel like they cut that in though, meaning like it's supposed to be a double entendre. Like it's too hot. Oh, <laughs> too absolutely. Too hot for TV. Too sexual. Everything. Even when he's putting the the meter around you girls and stuff, he said, everything's really hot in this house. It's like everything and was Hef's a joke. like, I'm surprised it's not hotter near her ass. Yeah. And then it cuts to me making a face again. Did it? <laughs> I, I didn't so. catch that one. Like chewing on my lip or something. When we go into the room, I noticed there was a dog gate in the hallway, which I didn't remember. Yeah. But that was to keep Mary's dog out of there, right? Yeah, because MK was like down by the... Miss Kitty was down in the offices, and that was to keep her from like running throughout the whole house. Like kept her in that part of the house. There was another one on the back stairs too. Yeah, it was probably also to keep Archie from going down there. I I think think so. (laughs) They didn't want Archie down there. But it's crazy how I completely like did not. It was like a weird blast from the past. Like I do not remember that dog gate. But I, I bet you anything, I was probably half instrumental in putting it there. Like I know it was for Mary's dog, but I was always so big on like let's find a better system for the animals. Yeah. 
So, and of course, they get a major spike uh, reading right in the doorway where I saw the apparition. Yeah. So, I don't know what that's all about. You know what part of your Halloween room I forgot? I was going to call it Halloween Town. Halloween room I forgot about until this episode this scene is I forgot about your Halloween village you had a whole like department 56 Halloween village it was so cute and I'm I'm curious right here too when I rewatch this if I warned them ahead of time that my room was decorated before they went in why is that because I just feel like as a paranormal Mm -hmm. investigator now that that would have been like a red flag for me like I would have walked in and been like oh whoa okay now I know what's going on here this girl's just a little too into this this whole like darker side of things and ghosts and spooky things and stuff and maybe that's where this is all coming from that's so interesting that you say that because I'm reading Barry Taft's book right now and he says something about that too how there was some house he was investigating and the guy who owned it just seemed a little not that this is the same thing but he was so like a little bit publicity hungry and a little bit like really into the stories and like how big all these things that happened at the house were and he's like oh that was kind of a red flag not that the place ended up not being haunted but yeah yeah well I think it is a red flag and it doesn't it that's exactly what I was going to say next it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that my stories aren't true it doesn't mean that um I'm making it happen or making it up or anything like that it's just like you the, you, it reads into the character of the person a little bit and it mm-hmm. makes you have to take a little step back and go like, okay, wait a minute. What's the real reason we're here? Yeah. What's the real motivation for all of this? And obviously that wasn't my case. I've had experiences since I was mm-hmm. young. The experience I had in my room, two other people who aren't into this at all witnessed yeah. it as well. Um, but I just wonder at that time if I had enough foresight to warn them beforehand that, oh, by the way, I decorate my room for Halloween. It's not always like this. And it wasn't like this when I had the experience. So it wasn't a trick of the eye because it's one of my props or something like I just don't know how much I warned them ahead of time yeah I can't imagine you not saying something as we walked in because that's just kind of your personality like oh hey guys just so you know my room's all Halloween right now yeah I love how bumbling the guys look in this scene. And I like when Paul is like, oh, it just shut off. And Barry just deadpans. We'll turn it back on. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. I have that in here too. But I will say that it like it did make like a noise and then like cut out. It wasn't just like the batteries were dying and it shut off or something like it like made like a spark noise, like a that's weird and that's a thing too when paranormal investigating is it's often thought that you know there's a theory that spirits draw their energy from like batteries and things so things just die like that one time we were doing the investigation at the American Horror Story house I swear I charged everything up charged every battery brought spare batteries and everything would just get drained a minute after turning it on and even the camera crews that were filming us their cameras were draining the batteries were dying and just it was unbelievable yeah I mean I think it's funny for the show that they were doing that but I definitely think something was sort of going on too yeah because here's Barry who's obviously an expert with all this equipment and it seems like he's taking it out of the box and he's like somebody left this on or it's it's like yeah I don't believe he's that bumbling I think maybe there was a little unexpected yeah I think so too (laughs) So the next scene, we're down in the library. And this is the story about 
I don't remember. Was it DeAndre or Carlina who told you the story? One of the butlers. I'm getting I'm getting a mixed up now too. But I thought it was Carlina told me. Yeah, she said she walked into the library and Panda was just sitting by herself on the couch, looking like somebody was petting her. Well, they had been looking for her everywhere, and they said they were freaked mm-hmm. out because Panda was a very social dog. So she mm-hmm. would always just like if you called her, but you didn't usually have to call her. She was always around where people yeah. were around. But if you called her, she would come running, and they couldn't find her, and they're getting freaked out. They lost Holly's mm-hmm. dog. And they find her sitting on that couch, which is kind of high for her to jump up. I'm not that she couldn't. I don't know. Maybe she could, but it was sort of high. And she was just sitting there as if very content, as if she was with somebody that maybe was, and they said, looked like she was being pet. That's so weird. I love when they put all the sparkles around her on the show. It's so cute. It's like, oh. You know what's crazy is we're in that room, and you know, they say they're getting all these feels and stuff, and Panda was in that room allegedly having an experience but the more I've read about life at the Playboy Mansion over the years and heard about it I feel like I've heard of a lot of like heavy conversations going down in that room oh I believe so I wonder if it's like kind of become an energetic hub that's interesting yeah because I believe that that's where like I've even seen people have heavy conversations in that room yeah when I was reading I talked about in the last episode that book by the Playboy Butler he tells a lot of stories about like the Dorothy Stratton era and like a lot of like big meetings going on in that room and like a lot of heavy talks and stuff well and Hef does all his interviews in that Mm -hmm. room for the most part I mean like probably 95 percent of them yeah so you know there's a lot I think you're right on that there's a lot of energy in there speaking of interviews in that room he would always do interviews sitting on the couch and in the background of that interview were like several things and pictures there was like the bust of Barbie Benton there was like a picture of his mom and his first two kids there was a picture of me dressed up as Jean Harlow and then there was like a headshot of his ex-wife which I think is a little odd and I kind of wanted to talk about like when you're dating somebody and I know for half it's like a whole different world kind of because he has multiple girlfriends but still when you're dating somebody like how do you feel about them being in contact with exes or following exes or anything like that you know it's interesting because I think that there's different degrees and it depends on how the relationship went down. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends. There's like so many different things that go into it. Luckily for me, uh, Nick does not uh, have any like baggage from exes mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I he is still in contact with like his old high school sweetheart. Not like they talk all the time, yeah. but like if it's a birthday or something, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, happy birthday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't bother me at all. And that's really yeah. the extent of it. And I think that that's great that they can still be on friendly terms or whatever. But I've dealt with other people who have so much baggage from their exes and that would, I don't know if I could handle all of that. Yeah, it's a lot. And I know most people from the outside are like, well, Hef dates multiple people. Why do you care if there's a picture of an ex around? But I feel like the emotional relationship that Hef and I had and like the things he would say and stuff, I felt like it was a little weird for him to have a picture of his ex-wife hovering over his shoulder 
in every interview he did. I didn't feel like the Barbie bust was weird because I feel like that's more than just Barbie. I feel like it's a really, yeah, it's a really beautiful piece of art. It's kind of representative of a time in Playboy's history too. Um, But I felt like the glamour shot of his ex-wife was a little weird. If the kids were in the picture, I would not think it was weird. But just like a glamour shot of her, I think that's weird. And I think he did that shit on purpose just to make anybody who was in his life now feel like they don't really have that much of a footing. Like just a reminder that you're not that important. I really feel that way. Well, I remember in his closet where he had um, the that little box with mm-hmm. the photos and stuff in it. There was also like a framed photo of Tina for the longest time. Yeah, he just like kind of left it up, and that's extra weird because like I'm sharing that room with him, and like like he had a real thing about leaving up all the pictures of his exes, and I truly believe it was like to make people feel insecure for the most part like there's some things that are like the barbie bus that are a little bit bigger than what they are yeah or if it's a picture of like kimberly with the kids like obviously like he wants his kids to feel loved and welcomed and all the things but there were other things that i just felt like were i don't know creepy tactics yeah well and i don't think that it was the same when we left i think all that shit was gotten rid of right away it was which was extra weird but I don't think that was him. I think it was other people coming along and being like, yeah, but so we just need to say you have to get rid of those photos. I guess I just didn't ever feel like that was a good look, I guess, or like something I wanted to make a priority. Yeah. Like I would always give him pictures of us together, pictures, you know, as we all did for gifts, because what else do you get him? And I would always hope it would like take the place of something like, oh, can you finally get rid of that picture of so-and-so that's in the most awkward place in our bedroom? Yeah. But I would never say, like that was never anything I brought up or said, hey, like why is this still up there? Well, I think the reason that it was never a big deal for you or us or however you want to say it is because we had bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Like, that wasn't the battle we wanted to fight. Yeah, it's like, I really don't care that there's a picture of Tina in here because I'm dealing with mean girls down the hall and I'm afraid mm-hmm. to walk back to my bedroom right now. Like, I might run into them. Exactly. So I feel like it just wasn't a priority. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I feel like maybe we, you, however you want to word it, should have been maybe more forceful about, like, this isn't right. Like, you need to take these down. Yeah, like, I, like, I feel like now I would never put up with something like that. I would be like, first, first of all, I probably wouldn't even say anything. I would just be like, I'm chucking this shit out the window. You know what I mean? But back then, I was just so overwhelmed with, like, the newness and the weirdness of everything. And, of course, like, the relationship put my self-esteem just down in a toilet and it just wasn't the battle I wanted to fight but it made me feel like shit constantly it made me feel like oh like he doesn't even respect me enough to like get rid of the picture of his most recent ex like it, it was I feel like he definitely did that shit on purpose yeah like let's let everybody know their place and let everybody know they're not important like I'm gonna say one thing to her but I'm gonna demonstrate something else yeah, or also giving the feeling that, well, things were like better when I was with her, you know, because I'm going yeah. to keep that picture up because that if, was a fun relationship. Yeah, even if you know it wasn't. Yeah. It was just, it, he just had a way of always making me feel like, well, all the other girls were just better than you. Like, you might be more special in a way and I might want to spend the rest of my life with you, but the other ones were 
better. It even goes to the episode where we're doing, um, having the auditions for the Playboy Bunnies in season two and Mandy Bentley is trying out and he was like, makes a big deal about how she's a Playboy celebrity. I'm like, I'm not putting her down when I say that, but it's like when he said that in front of us, like we were actually on a TV show that people watched and people knew who we were, but we weren't considered Playboy celebrities. But a girl he dated was just because he decided to put her on the cover that that that's a playboy celebrity mm. and i felt like he would say shit like that to make us feel like we're not playboy celebrities and it was just like ugh. yeah it's funny because um when barry and paul are talking about how it feels like they're in three different atmospheres and their ears are plugging up i remember at the time thinking they were so goofy and so silly and what the fuck are they talking about and they must be just pulling this up out of their ass so they have something to talk about but now joke is on me because I started to get more aware of paranormal things after I was pregnant with my first child for whatever reason. Probably the same reason that like people going through puberty experience shit. It's like that weird liminal space. But I had this house that I lived in when I was married in Vegas and the guest house was very haunted. You know, we went out and like investigated yes. some stuff out there. And I felt the feeling in there. You feel like the air pressure is weird. Like it's almost pushing in on you and your ears do plug up. And I remember feeling that and being like, oh, that's what they meant. Like now I get it. But when you've never had that kind of experience and you're just watching this, you're like, dorks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then they cut to Kendra and she's yawning. And I know the reason that they put that in there was to make her look bored. But what's the one thing that you do when you are feeling those different atmospheres and and you do feel your ears plug up? You yawn. yawn. I know. That's so funny. So I'm like, wait, was she experiencing something or was she just truly bored? Yeah. And I think this was the time when Barry was talking about the department at UCLA and the way he was describing it was like you could almost go there to learn how to unlock your psychic skills. And we were like, we want to do it. We want to go. And he's like, no, no, no. You don't want to unlock that door. And you can see they kept snippets of that conversation in here, even though you don't know. I think they apply it to the seance. They like do. We're talking about the seance. But the way I remember it is we were talking about that school at UCLA that they don't have anymore, but we wanted to go to. And he's like, no, 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 you don't want to open that door. You don't want to do that. It's like, you know, you all of a sudden you're Supergirl and you have these powers and they play it off a certain way in the show. But I remember us being like, no, we want to do that. We want to, yeah. and they're like, no, 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 you don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. like, I think still today we're like, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do still want to do it. Yeah, because I have it in here that they, um, we say we should have the seance in here. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, no, don't do that. Don't provoke it. Because, yeah. you know, you don't know. You never know what you're doing with all that stuff. Well, he didn't have to worry because I don't think we provoked anything in this coming scene. And then he, he says that I'm uniquely susceptible and it's not something I should take lightly. It's like waking up and being Supergirl. And then what they portray is you and Kendra looking, you guys are both like this. So bored. Like bored and do not want to hear that Bridget might be a Supergirl. For I know. Reason. Like anti, anti, anti. <laughs> and then in commentary, she says that Oh, in commentary, Kendra said that she got a call from another paranormal investigator. And when I'm first watching this, I'm thinking, wait, there weren't that many paranormal investigators at this time. Like, who would it be? And then she says it was the person from the Queen Mary. And then I say, oh, that person contacted me, too. And you're like, they contacted me, too. Yeah, because we went to the Queen Mary, uh, like, probably a month or two after we filmed this. It was in November of 2005. Um, It was when the December 2005 issue of Playboy came out with the Marilyn Monroe cover. And we did like some haunted exploration. They had a woman working there who was like their quote unquote ghost investigator. 
investigator, right? Yeah. Well, I think that there was a guy that was like the ghost investigator. Mm. Wasn't she like the psychic medium? I don't really remember. Something like that. Speaking of mediums, who found this medium? I know, right? It was it was totally one of the producers. I picture them going to like one of those houses on the east side of Sunset That's Boulevard. A big palm. That has like the big, <laughs> yeah, the big psychic palm hand. And somebody ran in there last minute and they're like, hey, who can come do a seance real quick? And the lady working the front desk was like, I'll come. And I just feel like we just didn't get a real reading. And that's such a shame because I feel like now we know so many good mediums who could probably go in there and really tell us some shit. Like I can think of three off the top of my head that would do a bang up job. Yeah. But back then we just didn't have the resources or the knowledge. And I think they just found somebody last minute who just kind of came in and did the least. I remember asking, where did you find her? And one of the producers told me that they just went somewhere like on, I want to say like Santa Monica and La Siena. I thought you were going to say Sunset Boulevard is going to be like, really? I was right. I almost said Sunset, but then I was like, wait, I think it was like they said that Sunset and La Cienega. Or, I mean, Santa Monica and La Cienega, which there is a place right there. And so that's always the spot I had in my head where they got her from. But I could be wrong on what they said. They literally drove around and went to a psychic palm place. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and they said, well, she had good reviews or something like that. So I don't know. But the medium arrives and I come running down the stairs and I'm wearing kind of, I'm wearing the vampire uh-huh. dress and it's got buttons that go all the way down just like past the crotch area. But I swear the camera is like, when I watched it, it's mm-hmm. like focused on my crotch area. Almost like it's like, I felt like it was trying to get a little peep of something. No, I think you're right because just recently on Instagram, one of those accounts that posts like screenshots from Girls Next Door posted like a screenshot of your crotch. Like you can't see anything. But it's like that scene. Is it really? Yeah. So it's not my imagination. No. I'm like, I wonder why? if I screenshot it. I was like, why is the camera like right there? Like as I'm coming down the stairs, like it's, it's just your eye, your eye line is right there on it. So I was just like, nothing shows because it's a long enough outfit and I'm definitely wearing underwear underneath it yeah. probably I had these cute little matching kind of like velvet boy shorts that had like a little ruffled trim and I'm sure I was marrying, wearing the matching bottoms that mm-hmm. went to that outfit so you would not have seen anything but I just thought re-watching this that's weird that that's what they are focused in on as I'm running down the stairs. Well, it probably is a pervy shot, just like they did weird pervy shots when like Anastasia was getting waxed and stuff. Yeah, I think so too. And then I say in the interview that we brought in a medium because a medium has different ways to try and communicate because obviously a paranormal investigator communicates in one way and then um, a medium communicates in a different way. So it was going to give us like a totally different perspective on things. And I really had no idea what to expect because at this point in time I had never experienced a psychic medium and I was a little bit nervous about it yeah I don't think I had either I'm trying to think if I'd ever even talked to any kind of psychic and I don't think I had at that point now it's a weekly occurrence (laughs) I think that if I ever had it was more like a party favor type Mm -hmm. thing you know like but never anything and it was more like a psychic reading not like a medium reading where we were gonna try and reach out to the dead kind of thing you know yeah yeah, I have a question. Are you sad in this scene? Not that I know of. Because I feel like you seem a little, and maybe it's the same thing I was picking up on the scene when you're in Mary's office, but you seem a little off. I think so too. Like you're either almost ready to cry or like you're hesitating about something. Yeah, I sense that energy in me too and that look about me. Yeah, and when the scene, I think it was the scene with Barry, when we wrap up, you're like, okay, I think we should give Hef his library back. It seems like you're ready to cry or am I just like, 
on crack. I don't remember being ready to cry, but I definitely think my demeanor is off in all of this. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is I want so bad to take it seriously and I want so bad for it to be a real seance and I want so bad for it to be a real investigation. And I'm just knowing that that's not what we're getting out of it. Yeah, And I think it's it's frustrating and and a bummer because this was my big opportunity. Yeah, And an opportunity that at that point in time, nobody gets to have really. Still nobody gets to have if you're talking about that space oh well that space specific for sure I wasn't even thinking about that kind of thing at that Uh time because that was our house you know but um but like now if you have a haunted house there's tons of paranormal investigating teams that'll come and bring psychic mediums and do an investigation Mm -hmm. for you and help you figure out what's going on but at that point in time that just wasn't the case and so to have this opportunity and to like figure out what what's been going on with me personally and with the mansion and stuff I and I just felt like I was feeling a lot of disappointment, I think, and I was feeling a lot of hesitation from other people involved in it, and I think I was feeling like it just wasn't being taken that seriously, which I like it now, looking back on uh-huh. it. Like, I think it's fun that it was a ghost, like, that it's very um, Scooby-Doo and everything, but I think at the time I was very disappointed and just yeah. felt like it, I was being kind of belittled in a way and not taken seriously and just sort of... Um, this is all just silly. Yeah, that makes sense. But the medium walks in and I tell her like some of the things that have been going on, like the TV's turning on and off mm-hmm. and changing channels and lights flickering and the volume going up and down on the TVs. And I think what's interesting here that I'm telling her all of this is because they never mentioned any of this before when oh, we're yeah, doing the right. investigation. Like this is the first time you hear any of this stuff is going on at the mansion when we're and it should have been brought up way before. I think it's just they're not trying to frame this as serious at all. Like when before Barry and Paul come in or even when they're first interviewing us, the stuff they get from us and Kendra is so fucking goofy and I know Kendra's is supposed to be goofy cuz she's just not really into it. But like for me it's like the toilet flushing like yeah. how bimbo does that sound like toilet like whatever but like when you hear the whole story in context it's a little more eerie or like your whole thing like I felt weird here since the beginning and I'm like haha knife in your back it's not set up to look serious or like anything is really going on it's just supposed to set up like these three girls are wacky yeah <laughs> yeah and even when I'm telling her what's going on the lights turn on and off they like flicker the lights the it's chandelier so and stuff and when I say the changing channels they show a picture of my tv and it's like all yeah like doing things so. and just so you guys know it's not just the tv would change channels the tv would like do something weird if I was in Bridget's room saying you know I just really need to see proof of a ghost and then the tv would like blare on like the second after I said that it would yeah. be like weird timing and then you and Kendra come down and you're wearing that amazing vampire corset oh I love the vampire corset I got a trashy lingerie it was a vampire costume I'm not wearing it in the scene but it also has a skirt that goes with it but I feel like the vampire corset has got the most play out of any outfit I own just because between you borrowing it and me wearing it for different things it just shows up so many times yeah well I was just gonna say I borrowed it so many times that I feel like I have half ownership in it I know <laughs> it's like a staple like I have custody yeah. like I have custody of the vampire corset now <laughs> can I just say before we get into this medium scene that even though this is probably my favorite episode of the season this scene is the most long drawn out anticlimactic 
nothing of a scene out of, I think, possibly the entire series of Girls Next Door. Oh, my God. I mean, it really just, it takes up almost like the whole second half of the show. But out of all the notes I wrote for this episode, it's the least amount of notes because I just don't have that much to say about it. It's not that interesting. But they draw it on as if something's going to happen and it's just anticlimactic. Yes. And it's awkward. It is awkward. In interview, they have Kendra saying, well, whatever makes Bridget happy. Like, I don't believe in ghosts or those like things and haunted stuff, but like whatever makes her happy. Mm-hmm. So it just shows that we're all, I mean, I know you mentioned this at the beginning, yeah. but it just shows that we're all like being good sports supportive, and supportive yeah. of each other. She also says Hef likes to think that there's ghosts and stuff, but he definitely does not in right. real life. Like he plays along for this episode. Considering what we know about Hef and how he really didn't have a lot of patience for like the quote unquote real life ghost stories, he's being a sport too in this whole scene. Yeah, but here's the thing. So he gets really serious in this scene though and she asks Hef if he's had any experiences and he says, and I quoted this, this house was built in 1927 and was abandoned before I bought it and there were ghost stories then that it was haunted by Mrs. Letts. And I quoted that because that's way before Carrie Lee so he's talking about stories and he also acknowledges that he has heard that people have heard and seen some things yeah so he's at least acknowledging that he's heard those stories yeah but I don't think he's into it I don't think he like believes it I think he's being a really good sport for this scene yeah but then the other thing I want to say is I think he was more anti you believing it for some reason because he continues to let me do this stuff he continues to let me do an investigation another Mm -hmm. investigation at the mansion for my um certificate and everything Mm -hmm. he allows me to do a murder mystery party that is all based on the Mrs. Let's Ghost story Mm -hmm. that's coming up. Like, he really lets me run with it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And he doesn't get mad at me and he just laughs and giggles and thinks it's cute and funny. But it's when you get involved for some reason that he gets snippy about it yeah it's really weird I don't know what it is I don't know if it's just trying to keep me down and not let me have fun with anything or if it's like a narcissistic extension thing where he wants me to be exactly like the girl version of him and like since he doesn't believe in that stuff I'm not gonna go running around it's cute when somebody else does it but yeah I don't know and then I say, and I have to clarify this. I have to bring it up because it is funny. I say, did she appear in my room? And then Kendra says, what? Did she pee? I heard she said, did you pee in my room? And that is what it sounds like. It really like. does sound like that. That's funny. And we had recently gone to the Magic Castle and done their seance, which isn't like a real seance where they're actually trying to contact somebody. It's like a staged thing for fun. But it's actually scary because they completely turn the lights out on you and you get touched by like things or they say something's coming toward you and it's gonna touch you and it's really suspenseful like I screamed a couple times books come flying off the shelves they do a good job they do a really good job so I was kind of like so this quote unquote real seance is extra anticlimactic because we just did the fake one that was hella fun yeah and then this is just like yeah and her info is so suspect I mean she's been here before the beginning of time I know, like, she can't even give us, like, a story or an era or something like that. It was so generic. And did you notice during this scene, there's, like, a weird, sappy moment where it's, like, the medium goes, oh, you have to believe. And Hef goes, she believes, looking at you. And then it plays this weird, sappy music. It's so weird. And then I give, like, the little 
Yeah. And I can see why they do it for the show because they're trying to give like that warm family feeling that this is a little family. But it's so oddly sappy out of nowhere. Yeah. When you're talking about like a whole comedic episode. And I think that's part of the problem with this. Like the comedy kind of ends in this scene. That's true. Like they could have really leaned in and at least made the seance funny. Mm -hmm. But they try to make it like a little more serious and sappy and like Hef is all I think we're all much blessed and it's so random yeah it, it it's uncomfortable the, to watch I was uncomfortable, uncomfortable watching it and it's funny the medium is like an older female spirit is here and she sees like a lot of negativity here and she's not happy with it and this is where I am so defensive. And I'm like, yeah. what negativity? Nothing's negative. Nothing. I mean, maybe a couple years ago, but nothing's negative. Because I'm so, and I think it's a symptom of like just being in this relationship and being made to feel like everything's my fault. Or if something's not good, it's my fault. That when she says negativity, I'm like, what? No, neg- we're not negative. We're trying to make everything positive. Like everything's so positive right now. Da, da, da. But watching this back now, I'm like, yeah, of course, if there was an old female spirit watching over the mansion, she'd probably be like, what the fuck is going on at this place? And seeing like all the behind the scenes misery that nobody talks about and like all the fucked up shit. Well, I do think we were all defensive about it because it did feel, in contrast to what we had been through years before, that there was no negativity at this point. We all were Mm -hmm. getting along. And so that just was very upsetting to all of us, I think, to hear But when we think things are doing so well. Yeah, it felt like such a slam. Uh And it's interesting that like the Mean Girls had been kicked out for a year and a half at this point, but I'm still kind of reeling from it. Like, I can see that watching myself here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we take absolute offense to the... negative yeah and so then they're recapping they have us kind of recapping what we thought and I say I'm so disappointed and then you say well she wasn't really in tune with the vibe of the house and then Kendra says what we're all thinking Uh (laughs) uh-huh she's full of shit that's what Kendra says you know what I thought was interesting during the seance the woman said the old woman was like in her 50s and Hef goes young yeah which is interesting because I mean he thinks it's young compared to him but, but not he, young for a female. No, he was so ageist when it came to women. And I remember hearing him make some comment in an interview at one point where they were t- some the interviewer was asking him about his lifestyle. And he goes, when I was younger, I fought racism. And now I'm fighting ageism. And I'm thinking, no, the fuck you're not. Like, your way of fighting ageism is like, I can do whatever the fuck I want at my age. But, like, women were still cut off at 28, basically. Yeah. Ugh, so annoying. You're not fighting ageism when it comes to women at all opposite yeah and then I just kind of wrap it up with saying I feel like we didn't get any answers like Barry didn't get to do an actual investigation like just so you Mm -hmm. guys know if you don't already well there's so many ghost shows now you probably know but Barry did not get to do a real investigation I mean poking around the house for an hour does not qualify as an investigation yeah do you feel like the medium was trying to get out of there fast at a certain point yeah because it got to a point where we're asking more questions she's like she's the only one here about the spirit and I was like I I felt like the medium was over it at that point. She's like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then I say, I just feel like the medium didn't align with what I was feeling and what I had experienced at all. Not at all. It gives you no validation. Mm -mm. And then they have this ominous shot of the medium before she leaves. She's like standing outside of the mansion, which looks like a gothic stormy castle. And like the lightning goes. (laughs) Yeah. And in commentary, we go really hard on the medium. 
Yeah, because we felt like we got no answers. So then it, it changes scenes, and if you look really quickly, there's a quick shot of the gargoyle. Oh, yeah, uncovered. the Halloween gargoyle at the house. And you know what's interesting about us watching the Hef movie after the seance is I think we might have actually literally shot those two scenes back to back. Like, I think this might be a rare moment of continuity because our hair looks the same. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, it looks the same. And I can see on Hef's digital clock on his bed, it's 8.37 p.m., which would have been a normal time to actually sit up there and order food and watch a movie because there's other times later in other seasons where we're filming these bedroom scenes in pajamas and you can see the clock says it's like 1 p.m. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. But this, I think, is actually a rare scene of like real life continuity where I think we went upstairs and changed and shot that scene right after. Yeah, so for those, just so you know, uh, all of us are sitting in Hef's bed. We all have our pink PJs on. Nick has his baby blue ones on. He has Nick had his baby blue ones on. Did I say Nick? Oh my God. (laughs) That's so funny. Hef... I'm like, wait, Nick's already here? (laughs) He wishes. (laughs) Can I just tell you how much I hated shooting these scenes where we all had to be ducks in a row matching pajamas in the bed? And it would come up later in season three because they do this like best of episode where Kevin wanted us all like watching movies in bed like a real family. And we didn't really know what we were doing or what was expected of us. And Kevin clearly had a clear idea in his mind of what he wanted us to say without telling us. And he kept getting pissed and like stomping his feet. And it was a disaster. But I despised shooting these scenes. I think it was triggering to me because... It just felt so like sister wifeish and not really the way we were actually living at the time. And it felt too close for comfort as far as like getting too close to like the actual bedroom. You know what I mean? I just didn't like doing those scenes at all. I felt like they were kind of humiliating in a way. Well, I did love the matching PJs. I mean, I think what they were going for was supposed to be cute. I think it was supposed to be like, this is like a family. It's not yeah. like people dating each other and they're just in their pajamas being cute. But knowing what real life was, I felt like it was too close to home and I didn't like it. And it still yeah. kind of makes my stomach turn to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought the matching PJs were cute. I want those PJs still. <laughs> I loved ordering food. We all have these giant, big ass trays. I know. The big bed trays. And they're all like lined up next to each other. I all know. Those food like full-on dinner in commentary right here we talk about the christmas card because it's we say it's reminiscent of the christmas card yeah because we shot pictures with half wearing bathrobes and we didn't like the way we looked our hair and makeup wasn't good so we call it the drowned rat day yeah the and those photos just get used all the time like half loved that picture but there was like a dildo like not an actual dildo somebody would use but like a statue of a dick on the headboard behind him and he just sent that christmas card out to all our families so that was real cute And it's in this scene, too. I don't think that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Disgusting. And so we're watching the horror movie that Hef made when he was a teenager. Which, (laughs) it's funny, somebody was playing a clip of this on TikTok the other day. And I went to go look at the comments to see what people were saying, because we're about ready to talk about this scene. And somebody wrote, Hef's movie, low-key good. And it, it, is. It, it is for the 19 fucking 40s. Like, what did you even shoot a movie on back then? What, what, what was a home video camera back then? Right. 
That's impressive. It's impressive that he was able to like edit it as a teenager. All in the of 40s. it. Yeah. Even he had some special effects going. Yeah. Everything. And the fact that he had it memorized and was like talking along with it. I, well, I was gonna say that because his voice. It's so I love how they do this. His voice is dubbed or synced or however you want to say it exactly to his character in the movie. Because the movie movie was a silent movie. Yeah. Because whatever he filmed it on, it wasn't getting sound. And I think it had like subtitles. He had written yeah. out like title cards. Yeah. And but they in our show they have his voice doing the exact character and I just thought it was so good. Can I just say I'm being obnoxious in this scene because I feel like I'm calling everything in the movie out before it happens because I'm trying to like brag that I've seen it before or something. Well, <laughs> that's my note in here. Both of us had seen it before. I don't think Kendra had ever seen it before, uh-huh. but we definitely had. Yeah, and I'm making that known because I'm desperate. <laughs> Hef's friend in the movie was hot. He looked like Elvis. Isn't that weird? Yeah, he was good he looking. He really did look like Elvis. And the girl in the movie was somebody that Hef had a crush on and kept in touch with over the years. Like, she would come to the parties. Yeah. Like, I don't think they ever hooked up, but I think it was just, like, they remained friends. And he would always say that he was attracted to Barbie because Barbie looked like a Hollywood version of that girl. That's so funny. Yeah. And I say in this scene that I talk about wanting to haunt the mansion one day. Do you still want to haunt the mansion? Well, that's my note. I'm (laughs) second guessing that now. And in commentary, we even say, well, I don't know. You never know who will own it then. Yeah, because even back then, we knew that Hef wasn't going to be able to, like, keep it, so to speak. Like, he always wanted it to be, like, a Graceland. But that was, like, a known thing that zoning wouldn't allow it. Like, the property's too expensive. Like, everybody kind of knew, like, the second he died, the mansion was being sold. And we would have to find a new place to live. Like, nobody thought they were getting the keys to that place, contrary to popular belief. Yeah, I feel like I would have liked to have haunted it back when we were there, but I don't know about it anymore. Yeah. I just want to go there now to see what it looks like, even if it's as a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) In the commentary, I say that we're eating Popeye's. During the commentary. Oh, during commentary. Yeah, not during the show. Because when we did commentary, we would always get so excited because we'd like order junk food, like whether it was Shakey's Pizza or Popeye's or something like that. So it was Popeye's that day. And we'd always start out with Starbucks too. Yeah. You know what I noticed when I was going through my scrapbooks to kind of like look through this era is, of course, we do our typical pumpkin carving night that we did before Halloween every year. And they filmed it because I can see in the pictures there's like booms and cameramen and stuff. But obviously they would never have been able to use it for the Halloween episode that year because it would have been shot too close together. So they must have been somewhat relatively confident or hopeful that we would get a season two because they were banking that footage for the next year. Oh, interesting. Because they wouldn't have had to shoot the Halloween party because Hef shot that with his own personal cameras anyway. So they would have always had that footage no matter what. But the fact that they shot us on pumpkin night makes me think that they were very hopeful or pretty sure we would get another season. I w- when I was looking at my scrapbooks, I was wondering too, I thought this was really weird because obviously we had professional photographer that followed us around everywhere especially when we're at the Mm -hmm. mansion and if they couldn't do it the butlers would step in and take pictures of everything but we have no pictures with barry and paul at all doing the investigation at all the only photo we have is one with the medium sitting at that table and i just think that's weird it is weird and i thought that too when we were talking about fight night episode five because there's no pictures of the luncheon with barbie and you would think that typically you know hef is meeting up with significant love interest of his from a long time ago and they're having a luncheon that would typically be something that a house photographer would take a picture of and the only thing i can think of is because it was being documented on camera for the show hef didn't really feel the urgency to also have it photographed which you'd think he would 
But I think it was just there was so much going on with the show. It was so new to us. We weren't really being as thorough as he would have been. I mean, I kick myself for not taking more pictures of shit and just thinking, I mean, of course, and now we're coming at it from a different perspective because we have cell phones and we take pictures of everything. Like if I want to know where I was on a given day, I go to my camera roll and I can see any little thing caught my interest I took a picture of. Yeah. But back then it just wasn't like that. So now, you know, coming from that perspective, it's so weird to look back and be like, how did I not take one fucking picture of this thing we did? Yeah. How do I not have a picture with Barry Taft? Mm-hmm. Like how how do I not have that? Yeah. Like, how did I not request that? Yeah. I think it's just because we're so busy. And like you said, we're filming and we're mm-hmm. on a totally different mindset. But yeah, I, I'm looking at my thing going, wait, how is it possible? I only have a, a photograph with the medium. Yeah. Like I thought I was doing it like nobody else when I was doing my scrapbooks the way we were, you know, mm-hmm. I thought me and Heifer are the only people who scrapbook this much. <laughs> but now I feel like there's so many other things I wish I had pictures of that I just didn't take pictures of or anything. But I don't think we did too bad considering. No, we have quite a bit to share. So, best and worst of this episode. I, Why don't we start with worst? Because every once in a while, I get a little troll on our Instagram who likes to accuse us of being so negative and never talking about anything positive, which is bullshit. I mean, I feel like most of this episode is like fun memories. So why don't we start with the worst so we can end on the good? Okay, and I actually, just for the record, did it this time, my best and worst ahead okay. of time. Okay. My worst is that we still have no answers. Like we had this great opportunity to do this investigation we had like a world-renowned person come and do Mm -hmm. it we had uh, got the opportunity to have a medium come and we're left still with no answers and now years later no opportunity to ever do it again yes I agree 100% that's also my worst if I had to focus a little closer, I would say the worst was like the medium scene because that was just really drawn out and climactic. At least with Barry and Paul, we're seeing some cool equipment and they're getting like some readings and stuff like that. And they're funny. Exactly. But you're right. The worst part about this episode is not getting any real answers. And it just seems like such a flubbed opportunity and I know why I know why we didn't go back and try it again we just didn't know the right people and didn't have the right resources but it's a shame well and I don't think they would have filmed it a second time well even if we did it just for ourselves it would have been fun yeah I would have done it just for myself for sure but I feel like I wish I could tell the audience right now but guess what we're gonna go and we're gonna do a real investigation Uh but it's just not in the cards kicking it up with the massive positivity What um, is the best of this episode? Showing me being interested and doing things with the paranormal way back in 2005. I agree. I have two things listed for best. One of them is the exact same thing you said. The fact that it just documents that you were interested in it way back then and telling our ghost experiences. And there's going to be an episode in season two where I talk about seeing the ghost in the gym. Just that we were not that we caught those ghosts on camera or anything or prove that but it just shows that we had those stories back then and it's not something we're pulling out of our ass because paranormal is trendy right now yeah and 2005 like that wasn't that wasn't my start of this like I had been having experiences and doing stuff with this way before I even came to the mansion but at least it goes back this far right but I was actually doing an investigation on camera for TV back in 2005 so there you go And my other best thing is just the delightful corniness of this episode. Like, just like the Unsolved Mysteries music, Barry and Paul fading in and out. Like, Scooby-Doo. Just the theatricality of it. I love it so much. Uh, Yeah. 
So if you guys would like more content from us, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girls next level. And we will see you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye guys.